Welcome to COVID Convos, a series brought to you by Unraveled Podcast. You may be stuck inside, but we're so happy you're here. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. Join the conversation as we hope to unravel this season of COVID-19 with the help of these incredible and inspiring guests and friends. <laughs> yes. Hi, Sister Bethany. We are recording. Hi, Mackenzie. How are you? <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm good. I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Good. So obviously we wanted you on here to speak about joy, but could you just give us a little bit more about what you do and what it's like to be a daughter of St. Paul? Yeah, I'm a daughter of St. Paul. I live in Alexandria. I'm studying at Catholic U, and I help um, on our outreach team. So Sister Magdalena and myself um, run outreach to schools and parishes, which obviously we're not doing right now because there aren't schools and parishes to visit. Right. <laughs> but um, typically, under typical circumstances, we would be bringing books and resources and things out to parishes. So, like, we That's run awesome. the bookstore in Alexandria um, here so people can come to us. But a lot of times people don't have the ability to go out, yeah. um, don't always have the ability to come out to us. So we go to them. So we go to their parishes or go do uh, book fairs at schools and things like awesome. that. We feel like you carry this joy so naturally. Maybe not naturally. I don't know. Maybe it <laughs> takes practice. We want to know because you're so joyful all the time. And um it's, I feel like it's hard, especially during coronavirus. It's so true. Even on your social media, before I even met you, I was like, mm-hmm. this sister makes me like sometimes wish I was a sister. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you show like nun life in such a, in, you make it like really this adventure. Like you are following out your call and you're showcasing it in this way that makes other people see it like that wasn't my vocation, but seeing her live out her vocation in such a cool, joyful way just makes people inspired. Um, I think for me, I've always been a pretty like bubbly person or joyful person. And I think part of it um, was, it was definitely like part of my coping mechanism of like, um, just life. That's just how I dealt with things. I was like, I just have to be happy and I just have to, so I just tend to put on that face. Um, but I think that there is a sort of natural joy to, um, to the life, um, and to my life and to, um, my vocation. Cause I really feel like, um, joy is not the same thing as like bubbly happiness. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely not the same thing as like, um, like skipping down the hallways every day. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely like a deep interior stance. And it's actually really funny um, when you had asked me to talk about joy, I was laughing and I'm like not a super morning person. The like getting up part is hard. And so, like I love the morning once I'm out of bed. It's the getting out of bed. That's the thing. Um, but the... Um, often we're at parishes like all day on Saturday and then we're there like super early on Sunday. So I'm like not feeling it at the first mass. It's like the 7 a.m. mass and like, it's crazy. So I, um, yeah, so usually I'm like not feeling my best self and I'm like tired and I like haven't had enough coffee. And that's when people decide to say like, sister, your joy is just like such a light to me or like, you're such a joyful person. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like clutching my coffee, like trying not to, I was like, oh my gosh. 
I'm dying. So it's really funny. So like usually like that's I know that that's when people decide to tell me that I'm like joyful or like if I'm like going through like a hard time even like emotionally or spiritually or whatever it's those moments that people are like sister you're so joyful and I'm like I don't know what you're seeing I know that it's like it's a gift of the Lord it's a gift of the Holy Spirit for me is when it's because people comment on joy um on my joy is yeah it's because it's like I know it's not mine Um, it's like, it's definitely from Jesus. And if anybody sees joy in me, it's because of him. Um, and it's like, and that's kind of like what I've always like wanted to be or to live is like, um, because for me, that's what attracted me first to religious life in general, Mm. um, was because I saw other sisters living joy. Um, and because I saw, I like met religious sisters who were joyful people. And I was like, I want that whatever that is that Give she's got me. going on. Yeah. I want that. And sometimes I worry that like the joy that I'm like putting forth is like fake or like whatever. And like, oh. honestly, it's generally not. Um, because if I just don't have something like that, I want to post, I just don't post. <laughs> um, but it's like, I wanted to show people the little things because I find a lot of joy in the little things. Um, For me, it's like making cookies or like a good cup of coffee or hanging out with friends or like something beautiful. And it's like, that's like, it, that really sustains at least my joy. I think that's awesome. Me too. I feel like that's what uh, you said earlier too. It's because of your interior life. You're able to find joy in the simple things. If you, don't have a strong interior life, you probably seek the big things to be the replacement of mm-hmm. your joy, which is what COVID has just put in our faces. Yeah. You know, it makes us rethink everything. Yeah, exactly. One of my friends reached out to me and she's living by herself and her roommate's about to leave for however long. And so she'll be by herself. And I said, I think it's the hardest for um, our single friends right now to find joy or purpose in COVID and totally or how, how you can find joy and inner peace during this time. Like I have a, a few friends that are in this, a similar situation that um, are either living alone or have been living alone. And so now they're, they're um, self-isolating alone. Um, and so it's, I, when I was talking to them, a lot of them were like struggling with, yeah, being, um, alone in a time where like everybody's just kind of stuck inside. Um, and there were a couple of things. Um, one was, I was saying like, try to set a schedule for yourself. Cause I know for me, that's been one of my saving graces is that like, I live in community where I'm expected to be in chapel by 7am or earlier every morning. And it's like, if I'm not there by 7am, somebody comes and knocks on my door. Like, it's (laughs) like, you know, so, um, yeah. So it's like things like that, that I, have been telling my friends like, Hey, like set a schedule for yourself. Like, even if maybe it's not like the ideal schedule that you want, like set some kind of something for yourself, set yourself a bedtime, set yourself a get up time. Um, and then I was like, and then also it's okay to not be okay. Like I have so many friends that are like, we have to like, I'm going to learn a new language or I'm going to like become a professional chef or like, I'm going to be the fittest I've ever been. And you're like, cool if you like want to become you know 
whatever. Like what, if you want to like become a chef or like go running every day, like great, do it. But at the same time, it's okay to just be kind of miserable because this time is weird and none of us really know what to do with it. And like, that that brings me to my last thing is like, don't just sit in that, like acknowledge it. It's okay to be sad. It's okay for it to be hard to get out of bed in the morning. It's okay to like, for it to be hard to turn off Netflix when you're on like your 15th show of Tiger King or whatever. Um, but it's like, (laughs) 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 but it's like, it's okay if that's difficult to do, but don't sit there. Like, um, like get outside and take a walk. You don't have to take a 15 mile run, like walk around your block for three minutes, step outside your door. If even taking a walk is too hard, you don't even have to change your shoes to walk outside. Like, maybe make some cookies, like look up a recipe for like cake in a mug and do that in your microwave. Like, I don't know, like do something that like brings you joy. And I'm not also condoning, like give in to every whim and desire that you have, but also like just do something fun every day that you love, like whether that's art or cooking or being outside. Um, or like yeah, making the like, cake that you made, sister. Exactly. I watched that. That's how I'm coping. I'm coping with cookies. So. I was like, this <laughs> lamb cake is fascinating. I want to make. I one. do it every year. I do it every year. And one thing that um didn't make our other one of our other guests, Mary Lenneberg, who I'm sure I love Mary. Yeah, you, know, you know her. <laughs> she is so great with joy too, and she said something to us about like the difference between joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. and how like joy, I forget exactly how she put it, but she basically said joy is long sustained because it comes from like the interior life. Whereas happiness is like, I'm happy. You know, I just wrote this book and people like it, or, you know, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I just made this cake and it tastes good. But she Mm -hmm. talked about like how to develop that joy and And then she also talked a little bit how to get out of funks, like when you realize that you're not being joyful. Um, Could you talk a little bit about that? Because I definitely fall into that where I can be in a funk and there's literally no reason. And then the poor people that live with me are stuck with my funk. And and then, but then when I turn it around, I realize that was so easy to to change this narrative in my head. Like, why didn't I do it sooner? But um, you just seem like you're the type of person that probably could very easily give us some advice on that. Yeah. Because I know you can ask the sisters I live with, um, that I also very much like get into like a funk for maybe there's a reason, maybe there's not, maybe I'm aware of the reason and maybe I'm not. Um, usually there's a reason that I'm in a funk, but sometimes I'm not always aware of it, um, in the moment that it's happening. Um, and so I think for me, like when first things first, I know I have to like recognize and like accept the fact that I'm in a funk to just be like, cause sometimes like people will be like, oh wow. Okay. You are spicy today. And I'll be like, no, I'm not. And then <laughs> I'll you get, get like really defensive. Yeah. You're like, yeah. what are you talking about? I, you're, you're sassy today. <laughs> like, like, um, but yeah, for me, it's like real, like recognizing like, okay. I'm in a funk. Maybe I know why. Maybe I don't. And to kind of like sit with that for a second. But for me, often it's getting out of um, what I'll tend to do when I'm in a funk is like kind of not isolate, but like I won't reach out or like I won't like talk to people. Like I'll like just go about my work in a funk or like I'll go 
and like watch YouTube or like something that like, it just perpetuates the funk. For me, the thing that I have to do is kind of like snap myself out of routine. So sometimes that means like going for a walk. Sometimes it means taking a shower. Sometimes it means like going to do something that I know doesn't use my brain space in a way that like something else would. So like sometimes for me, that's like cooking, like I'll volunteer to cook that night because I know I don't have to talk to too many people and I can like just focus on something and I can get something done. And I know for me, that helps me pull myself out of a funk is like, I have something here in front of me that is a beginning, middle and end. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. But like, I love to cook. I know some people don't. So (laughs) no, I think I've only recently in my adult years, like recognized I'm in a funk. Like I think before mm-hmm. I would just mm-hmm. that and I would let other people experience it. And I, I don't know if it's pride or just not knowing yourself well enough to know that like, you're in a bad mood. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm in this mood and I'm going to tell Johnny, Hey, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm in a bad mood. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it makes yeah. everything better. Cause you almost like, yeah. have given yourself permission to feel right that way. Yes. And you admit and that- life. I don't know exactly. either. So- yeah. But like, I know like being able to tell people, um, especially like in my community or people that are, I'm living with, it's like, okay, like I'm in a funk today. And like, if I know why, like I'll often like try to share at least a little bit. Like, I mean, we're all girls here. I'm like, it's like that time in the cycle where I'm just particularly mm-hmm. moody and I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. Or um, I can be like, you know, I just found out some hard news that I'm just not ready to share yet. But like- I'm really sorry if this is coming out sideways or like whatever it is, or like I didn't sleep well last night or I have a headache or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It doesn't give you a free pass, I think, but I think it definitely helps um, you and the people that you're living with. Totally. Just today I was, I'll admit this morning I was calling, called me edgy. He said, you're being a little edgy. (laughs) Edgy. I was like, how dare you? Dare you. (laughs) (laughs) Call me anything. (laughs) And something about labels, the labels just like get under your skin. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, you just, it's nice to know, like, it's okay to feel that way and to give yourself permission, like B said, and to not know why, because we're all in this little commune together and can't leave. No wonder who isn't edgy, you know? So it's right. good. But, exactly. Um, but that brings me to my next question. It's hard to live with people, right? It doesn't matter in a family, having kids in um, just having roommates, all of it, it's hard. So how do you, um, how do you be a saint in those little moments of irritation or like that really got under my, you know, you, whatever, whatever it is, how do you make a choice in that moment? What do you do? Um, for me? Okay. So one person I always look to for this kind of thing is St. Therese. Um, she's my homegirl. Like she was the one, like she wrote about like the sister who would like splash her with dirty water when they would wash their clothes or like this sister that would just like constantly like say like just the right thing that would like just get under her nerves, under her skin. Um, Therese would, and like, I'm very sensitive to sound. And so um, the sisters in, when Therese writes about like the sisters who are in chapel, there was a sister who would like, like clack her rosary beads like would just like play with them. So they would be like, I was like, that would drive me bananas. If like that sister sat behind me. 
I'd just be like, can you stop? <laughs> like I'm confiscating your roast tree. Right. <laughs> like, um, so she's someone like that learned to like, she would try with every single sound that would annoy her. She would offer it back to Jesus and offer it back to Jesus. And I was like, I can only aspire to be that holy because I'm not. Um, but it's things like that, that like sometimes, um, those are little things that I will do that are like a little bit more classic saintly is like, um, like if somebody leaves the skillet, like that they cook their eggs for breakfast on the stove and they left it and it's still there at lunch. I like, that's one of my pet peeves. I'm like, clean up after yourself. Um, like for me, it's like, I know who it was. I'm going to pray for her and I'm going to, to wash the pan. Like, and I'll do it like to spite my, like to, to spite myself, like just to like make myself do it. Cause I get so mad about it. Um, but then they're also like, <laughs> like, I'm like, the more mad I get, like the longer I should wash it. Like, I don't know. Um, really? but <laughs> like, <laughs> God bless you, sister. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, sometimes that makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I think like living with people, I, the more I have found out about myself, the more I have found that I can have patience with my sisters because I know the more that I've discovered about myself and the more that I discover about like why I do the things the way that I do them or the belief systems that I have in place about like why we should do things the way we do things. Like each of my sisters has that. And so like to be gentle with each of them as to be like, like a skillet doesn't bother her, but I forget to clean out the lint trap on the dryer all the time. And I know it drives this other sister nuts and I do not do it. I don't forget to do it to like make her mad. I just genuinely don't think about it. And I have to like, remember what, when I'm mad is like, she genuinely doesn't see this because I've told her about it. Like, because I've been like, Hey, do you think you could wash your skillet after you cook your eggs? Like, and like, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. And she still leaves it. It's like, okay. So she doesn't, my, my leaving the lint in the dryer is her egg skillet. (laughs) Like, Like it, like it, we both rub up against each other. And I think that, um, that's part of the incredibleness I think of like religious life and like community life is that we don't kill each other. <laughs> it's like, that's a miracle in and of itself. Yeah. Um, well, there's yeah. so many similarities, even like I maybe sometimes in religious life, you could think like, Oh, this is like so much living with other women, like in, in sisterhood, but everything you just described, I mean, Mackenzie, you probably agree is like exactly issues that we have, like, not even issues in our marriage, but just like little annoyances. Like, like I am am the sister who doesn't clean the skillet. And Mackenzie will tell you that because (laughs) I live with her. But that, but I have, but I have my things and Johnny has his things. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. not super handy. He's good at other things, but he's not super handy. So like someone else who might be like, oh, this door is squeaking for, you know, six months. Let me go fix that right now. It might in our house take like a year. And that kind of bugs me, mm-hmm. but it's like one day we just kind of hashed it out and we just like, you know, the unspoken stuff. We just like said it like, well, you're not really handy. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. And I was like, well, you know what? I'll be messy and you don't have to be handy. And we like have a joke about it now. So it's yeah. better to just like call it out, I guess. Yeah. And like, I know for me, I also have to like actively help myself. I call it zoom out, like to like 
help myself like zoom out to see the bigger picture of like, is this skillet really like in the grand scheme of things, is this skill like her not washing the skillet? Is it really that big of a deal? If it is, then like maybe make it a bigger deal, like bigger deal to her. If it's not clean the stupid skillet, like just Amen. do it yeah. and like That's pray good. for, you know, like it's one of those things where it's like, it's not causing sin and it's not cause, you know, it's like, okay, so zoom out and where's, where's your perspective? Um, and I know that that, that really helps me because yeah. That's so true. I love zoom out. And I bet you use that in more situations and just, you know, mm-hmm. in conflict with somebody. Like I could use yeah. that in my head, like zoom out. Mm-hmm. And why are you getting so worked up about this yeah. feeling or why are we, you know, wallowing in self-pity, which is yeah. something I get into um, yeah. when I feel sorry for myself, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's good. Yeah. I tend to get like caught in like little tiny details that I'm like, we're never going to like get out of this thing. Or like, this is just like the end of the world. And like, you're only seeing like this tiny little piece in the puzzle. And like, to me, it's like, I get so focused on it that I can't see the bigger picture. And so like, that's why like, I've had to like, literally, I will come to my room sometimes and just like shut my door and like, and just like stand in the middle of my room and be like, okay, zoom out. Like in the grand scheme of things, like in the big picture, like, and I, I have just found that practice really helpful. That's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. You've been playing so much music on social media and those videos have been amazing. And it definitely seems like that's like bringing you a lot of joy. Are there any like other things that you've been doing during COVID that's been bringing you joy? Um, Like I said, like I like to cook and I like to bake. So like I have made a lot of batches of cookies and like given them like to our mailman and the sisters and um, people have been gracious enough to like bring us groceries and things. So we've been able to like give away some, but um, for me, like baking and cooking, because like I said, like it's a beginning, middle and end. Um, so like I have a finished product and it brings delight to other people. And so like, to me that that's something that I've really been doing is like, like cooking and baking a lot. Um, I've been playing a lot of music, um, just because I love music. So (laughs) I wish I could play an instrument right now, like more than ever, because I feel like I'm seeing Mm -hmm. people playing music during COVID Mm -hmm. and I'm like, talk about joy that must bring so much joy into the home that you live or the people around you like it just would be so cool to be able to play an instrument right now maybe this is the time you learn since we can learn anything in COVID do it yeah you should (laughs) the easiest one to start definitely well you're the media nun sister tell us about that like what does that mean because I when I first met you guys at Pauline Bookstore I, I was like, media nuns? Well, if B and I were going to be anything, it'd be a media, <laughs> media <laughs> sister, right? Like, That's can great. you tell us about that? Sure. So our, um, I'll tell you kind of a little story that like helps illustrate like who, who we are. And it's about our founder, um, Blessed James Alberione, who he knew he wanted to be a priest from the time he was seven. And so, um, he began um, studying for the priesthood in minor seminary. So he was in high school, I think, and he started minor seminary. And when he started, he discovered a bunch of like 
like the library and discovered a bunch of novels and just books. And he just started reading and reading and reading and reading. And he wasn't doing his homework. Um, so I like to tell the kids, it's like the 1800s version of Netflix binging. Like he was just like, just reading stuff just to read and for like entertainment's sake. Um, and he wasn't getting his homework done. So the rector was like, you're not serious about being a priest. So like, sorry, bye. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so he, um, so he got kicked out of seminary he was put on probation and they were like, you're not serious about it. So he, um, really it, that being kicked out and being put on probation for him was like, oh my gosh, like I've known what I wanted to do since the time I was seven years old. And I got caught up in my consumption of the media. Like I got caught up in just reading these books that really don't matter and really aren't for my good, the good of my soul. How much more, I who know what I want to do with my life, how much more do people who don't know what they want to do with their lives, how much more are they going to get caught up in the media? And maybe they won't have like a big self-relatory moment. Like maybe they won't get this opportunity to really have like a, you know, life check, you know? he was like, we, I, he felt the call at that moment to really start thinking about, um, religious brothers and sisters and priests who would be producing good content. Um, that would be good for people's souls. It would be good, um, for, yeah, just for people's lives. Um, and to combat the bad media, which we all know, like, um, we see now more than ever. So like combat that, but then also to pray for those who are producing media, even just in the secular culture. So to pray for those who are um, in his time, like radio personalities and like those who are creating like film and um, stuff like that. So um, like super fast forward, he ended up founding us in the brothers in 1914 and the sisters in 1915. And we were the first two. He ended up going on to found 10 different religious communities of both priests, religious Um, men and women, and then lay congregations as well, because he truly believed that everyone should be able to be involved in this apostolate. Everyone should be able to um, be a Pauline, should be able to have this heart for creating good content, for praying for those who don't, who produce not so good content, um, and praying for those who just produce media in general. Um, And so like, yeah, that's what we do today. Like, our sisters run a publishing house. Our sisters are on YouTube. Our sisters are running online retreats right now. Um, yeah, all sorts of things. We create music and all sorts of stuff. And then you'll find our sisters who have adopted all sorts of like pop culture people. So whether they're like radio um, personalities or like TV hosts or celebrities or, you know, musicians. Um, like I've always prayed for Katy Perry, Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus. Like since I entered, I've just like, I've prayed for them. And then there've been various people that I've prayed for, like I'll adopt for a certain period of time, but I've always prayed for those three ladies. We're tagging them. So, <laughs> yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Wouldn't like for the last eight and a half years, you've been prayed for every day. Um, Imagine how like, Cyrus Thank you. I know, right? <laughs> they don't even That's know how lucky so they are. They cool. have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Well, but yeah. So yeah, that's like, that's basically what we do is just like to bring Jesus to people through the use of the media and pray for everybody who's consuming media, which is everyone. So, well, so. I don't know if you know this sister, but 
Ken's and I worked on film sets for a number of years and McKenzie was Zach Galifianakis's assistant for years. Um, I worked with producers and directors. So we were in these, um, I guess, arenas where we were the only ones usually that had any sort of a face or maybe there was a few others, but it was like very minimal. And I think the, well, other than having kids and families, that was a big part of the reason why we kind of stepped away from that was because we wanted to create our own stuff um, and learn from these other people, but then kind of with the mindset of like, okay, well, we could go out and kind of create exactly like you're saying, stuff for good. Um, but I mean, of course, we still love those people. We think about those people. Like that was a, a beautiful time in our lives. Um, but it is tough knowing that Hollywood is very much um, moving away from any sort of belief system. And that, you know, that makes me sad sometimes because I went to school for that. Mackenzie went to acting school. It's like, we don't want to not pursue these things, but it's also, I mean, I just feel like you guys are living it out very well in terms of like praying for the industry, praying specifically for people who do media and then creating it yourselves. So I don't know. That's so freaking cool. Thank you. <laughs> so pray yeah. for us too. <laughs> well, we were you on, you were on like the news. Um, I remember seeing it on social media. Was it like, it wasn't good morning America, was it? Or? It was the today show. Oh, the today. So we were on the today show. Yeah. In, in December, it was ah. really funny. I was, so I, I tour with our, um, our sisters sing. So we have a choir. So the daughters of St. Paul choir tours around, um, the United States around Christmas time. And we sing ah. in different areas. So we were in Los Angeles. We happened to have a show in Los Angeles um, the day that it came out. And we were in like the LAX airport at like 6 a.m., uh, which was 9 a.m. here in the D.C. area, which was when it was airing. And I was like, like I said, bleary eyed, hadn't had enough sleep or yeah. enough coffee. And we were flying to like St. Louis or something for a show that day or something. And so I'm like in the coffee line. I'd just gotten my coffee. And this guy was like, hi, sister. Were you just on TV? <laughs> I was like, yes, I was. That's <laughs> I was like, because they pre-taped it before I left. So it's really funny. How I was like, oh, that's today. <laughs> did they find you from the, um, from the concert series? Like how did they reach out to you guys at the Pauline bookstore? So what they did was they had contacted, they had seen the daughters of St. Paul in general, our social media. Um, and they had reached out to us, like the Daughters of St. Paul. Um, and then the sisters um, asked Sister Emily Beata and myself if we would represent the congregation, we would go on um, because they wanted to film us out of DC. So, so cool. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for showcasing Joy so well to us, sister. And just we love that we know such an awesome religious sister in the area and that's someone who like, we now call a friend. So thank you so oh, much yes. for being on with us and for your friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's a delight to know both of you and your kids were so cute. <laughs> if you want to follow you, sister, where can they follow you? So you can find me, um, easiest places are Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me at srbethany, F. SP, F as in fish, SP. Awesome. awesome. Do you want to close us in prayer, sister? Absolutely. Okay. Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you might wrap your arms around each one of us listening today. We ask that you might walk with us 
and that you might show us the way because you are the way and the truth and the life. And we ask that your blessed mother might walk with us too all the days of our life. We'll pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, sister. Thanks, You're sister. welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you on social media. Yes. Keep, okay. keep baking <laughs> on your stories so I can watch. Yes. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Well, have a great rest of your day, sister. Thank you. You guys, too. We'll chat soon, I hope. Definitely. Yes. Good. Good. All right. Tell the kids Bye. we said hi. Bye. I will. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to COVID Combos, a series brought to you by Unraveled Podcasts. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.